Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and today we have our text takeaways from God's Way Works. Might not be a very long episode. We're going to see what happens, but let's get into it. As you know, this season we have been talking about the favorite sermons that I have preached so far. Um, I'm sure some people, maybe even you, are thinking the favorite sermons you preached so far. You're only 30, and you've not been preaching that long. But uh, I, I don't have the the time and ability to sit down like I used to in local work and and write brand new sermons every time. And so, while I work on that, I have to do something different because I, I want this show to continue and to keep going. So. I think the next two seasons, as I build what I'm hoping to do uh, next fall, it makes a lot of sense for me to do my favorite sermons so far. Let's start with this. Number one, remember there is only one way that works. In John 14, 5 through 6, excuse me, uh, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said, well, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You and I can know the path that we are on will work. I don't know if you've ever been driving and you have had a moment where you thought for sure you were heading the right direction only to find out you went the wrong direction. Um, That happened to me uh, earlier this past summer. And I was driving. I was supposed to get to where I was going to be 15 minutes early. I was so excited. And it said, you have arrived at your destination. I look over to my right where it's supposed to be, the church building there in Kentucky. And it was a cornfield. So not not quite what I was supposed to be. Um, you know, I know it says here, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, but those aren't the ears that we're talking about. And so I had to find the correct address. I ended up being late. But as far as I knew, the path that I was on was the right one. But it only took one time for that path that I thought was right to end up being wrong for me to start to question every time I put in an address into my GPS, "Mm, is this the right one? Am I going to have another one of those situations? And I find myself now often the night before trying to map out the route trying to ensure I know what time I need to leave by to get there with plenty of time to be there. And I don't always have a guarantee that the road that I'm on is the right one. But I can know spiritually that I'm on the right path. Think about Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who does what? You know, Psalm 1 is a situation where I'm told he's the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, sits in the seat of the scornful, what, is, what does he do? Well, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And when he knows that that's the path that he's supposed to be on, he's planted like a tree by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so. They are like the chaff or the wheat that are just blown away by the wind, and the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We can know what path we're on and whether it's the right one or not. There's really only one way, 
one way. The way of the righteous or the way of the ungodly. Only one leads you to peace. Number two, many people choose that route that is the ungodly route. This means a lot of people in our own society, our friends, co-workers, family members, spouses, good people by our own societal standards. How many times have you met someone who was just a genuinely good person? But there are some that choose not to follow the path of the righteous. It seems disingenuous to say that because they don't follow God's way that therefore they are unrighteous. It seems wrong to suggest that some of the best people that we know are ungodly. But I didn't make that rule. God did. And so my job, my responsibility, is to notice just how many people will be normal instead of being weird. I don't know why, but so many people, numerous amounts even, will choose to not follow God's way. And you know, that still makes us weird, those of us that choose to follow the Lord. But that's okay. You know, not everybody has the same likes, dislikes, and that doesn't mean that they're less than. But we do have one thing in common that we shouldn't have in common with the world, and that is who we serve. The world serves themselves. They serve the devil. They serve sin. We serve Jesus. We serve God. We are weird. <laughs> and that's okay. Early 1960s-ish, give or take, a steel mill in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, closed down. And after that had happened, unfortunately, many steel workers had to uproot their lives and move across the country and start to work in other, you know, states, cities, locations. They carried one thing with them, though. Their love of a certain Pittsburgh team. And soon, from that, Steeler Nation was born. It is incredible being a Pittsburgh fan and getting to go to games that are road games. I've only been privileged to go to, I think, three total games where we've played at home. It is incredible to go to a road game and be standing in the stadium and seeing all the people that are united that are contrary to the status quo of that area. I've been to a game in Atlanta where the team was fined for pumping in crowd noise. And I remember telling my dad that 75% of us have to be Steelers fans. I don't know how they're louder than we are. We shouldn't be there. But that steel mill that closed all those years ago 
While devastating and tragic in the moment, and no doubt devastating to those who struggled to find work, ended up being a catalyst for a fandom of a team that many people live an average of 10 hours or more away, if they're like I am in Memphis, Tennessee, but a Steelers fan. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to not be the status quo. It's okay to not root for the team that you're told to root for just because they're America's team or just because they are the best team. But we have to be ready to do that as a Christian because so many people, we're, we're in a place where we don't really belong, but we have to live here. We have to make it through this life. So be weird. Number three. The remnant that followed God was spared in the end. And this is where we really kind of bring this all to a close with number three and number four here. Look at Romans chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. Paul writes, I say then, has God cast away his own people? Well, certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars and I alone am left and they seek my life. But what was this divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Even so, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. The remnant, as we typically talk about them, were people who would come back from captivity. But Paul uses that same word here in Romans chapter 11 in a beautiful sense of take it back to Elijah. Take it back to Elijah when he pleaded with God against Israel saying, they've killed your prophets, they've torn down your altars, I alone am left, they seek my life. But he says, no, they haven't all left. You're not alone, Elijah. There's 7,000 people who have not bowed their knee to Baal. You can make it. You're not alone. The remnant and the mindset of the remnant is a critical part of theology. That despite all of the wickedness and all of the horrors of the world going on around me, that there could be a group of people who don't allow themselves to be afflicted by such. Now, obviously, we're not perfect people, and we make mistakes, and we need to change when we do that, and we need to be better. But, guys, I it is an honor to think that despite the wickedness of the world, that I get to be a part of a group that are set apart. That brings us to number four here. Are we the remnant? Does God look at us today you and me specifically, as one of those 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. A group of people who have set themselves apart from the wickedness of this world or the type of people who will stand in the face of adversity and be weird. Or are we a part of the problem? You're not guaranteed, and I'm not guaranteed to be righteous just because we're serving God today. We're not guaranteed to be righteous just because we are created by God. But we can do this life the way God 
has set before us. It is possible for you and for me to be weird because God's way works. Why would I not want to follow it? What, what would hold me back? Well, God doesn't allow us. God doesn't protect us, some might say. God doesn't shelter us. God doesn't fill in the blank. No. Not in the way that people want. Not in the way that people demand. But I, I'm going to tell you right now... <laughs> I've suffered in my life as you have. But I serve a God that is greater. And despite the suffering that comes upon me, I'm reminded of a little book. I'm looking at it right now even from my desk here. It's a short read, but it's called Yet Trouble Came. I want to close with this here because this is something that if you and I have the mindset that we are going to just simply live a great life because we're a member of God's church, we're a member of the body of Christ, we need to remind ourselves that Job himself, uh, the book of Job says in Job 14.1, man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Yet trouble came. A beautiful little book about the depiction of what Job suffered through and a depiction of even ourselves and what we suffer through that despite all of the problems, despite all of the terror, despite all of the evilness and wickedness that comes into this world, God's way still works. And if more people would follow God's way, do you know what is amazing? If we could convince more people to follow after God's way, do you know what's amazing? We would live in a more righteous society. Look at that. Short episode, huh? <laughs> next week, we'll begin a next series of weeks on the thief on the cross. Until then, let's remember to please God now so our eternity can be far better. <laughs>